Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the This morning, I want to begin a new series called Fake News. I talked about that last week. Uh, We hear a lot about that, amen, Uh, on TV. If you turn on the news, you're going to hear about that, I promise you. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me this morning to Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14. That's where I'm going to be today for my primary text. And so we're going to talk about fake news. Again, hearing a lot about that right now, the truth is there is a lot of fake news out there. Y'all believe that? Trust me, it's true. Even to the point that oftentimes we don't even know what to believe anymore, right? We have no idea what we should believe and what we shouldn't believe. And on the other side of things, it's easy to yell fake news all the time when you don't like what's being said. So this morning I want to preach that. Series, and I want to start by preaching a message called Bad Sources. Would you help me pray this morning? Father, we thank you for the anointing that is in this room today. Lord, I thank you for the fathers that are in this place. But Lord, more than that, I thank you for every individual that has come into this house this morning to hear from you. I pray that, God, you would help me as your communicator to give them your voice, Lord God, your heart, your ideas, your concepts, Lord, and let them be planted firmly and deeply in the hearts of each and every person in this room. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, try this when you get home. This is a little uh, thing that you can try on your own and you can test this out. I went to YouTube and we all know, everybody in this room knows that YouTube is the source for the most accurate and up-to-date news that you can find, right? I mean, the internet is full of truth, right? It's just full of good stuff. And so this is what I put in the search engine on just YouTube alone. I didn't even Google because I didn't even want to go there, but... In YouTube search engine, I put the truth about Barack Obama. I had 4,060,000 results that popped up as a result of that. So then I went and I put the truth about Donald Trump. And I had 4,860,000 results about that. And so I'm just saying this, that all of those stories can't be right. And all of those stories can't be wrong. And so how do you know what is true and what is not true anymore? How do you discern what is the truth about situations? Do you think that over 4 million results for each of those are some probably have some bad sources in there somewhere? Do you think that there are some contradicting stories out of 4 million stories for each of those men? Do you think that there are some stories that contradict one another? I would say yes. Do you think that some of those stories are written purely based on an advancing of a specific agenda? The answer would be absolutely yes. Is anyone else in this place tired of hearing this statement? Unnamed sources say dot, dot, dot. Unnamed sources say when a source goes unnamed, it can originate from anywhere. I can conjure that up in my mind. It can be created out of nothing. An unnamed source does not bear the burden or the responsibility for the information that it is given. And so can I just give you this little practical thing here that really has nothing to do with my message, but I think it will just help us live life. And that is just, just verify information before you go and repeat information. 
especially on your Facebook. Can you just check those things before you post those things? What is it? Snopes.com. There you go. There's your, there's your opportunity to verify information. I love it. I have, I have parents that are really did not come in on the social media era. They've come in on the backside of social media, you know, and that's, that's a weird thing. When you were raised with social media, but then your parents who weren't try to get involved in it. My dad started texting me now. It's just weird. And uh, he's Facebooking now, and that's weird to me too. But my parents sometimes, they'll just post whatever they see because they think because it's on the Internet and because they read it on Facebook that it's got to be true. It is not true necessarily. And so you need to verify those things. Don't just take something and run with it. It's what I'm telling you this morning. There will be sources of information, but the fact is that none of those sources have a viable voice until it is reported on. Bad sources have no voice until they're reported on. And what are the, so let me ask you this. What are the sources in your life saying about you right now? What is the narrative that is defining your life right now? Every source in your life either originates from God or it originates from the enemy. Regardless of how the message is delivered to you, it originates from one of those two places. Think about that. Either God's speaking through someone or directly, or the enemy is speaking through someone or directly. But either place, either way, those sources in your life, the voices in your life, the things that are being said over you, said to you, said from inside of you, out of you, are originating either from God or they're originating from your enemy. The fact is, whichever one you choose to repeat is the one that is defining your life this morning. Somebody say amen to that. Whatever we're repeating, whatever we're believing, whatever we're receiving in our life is what is defining who we are and where we're headed and what we're becoming because we've chosen to put our faith in whatever voice we've decided to listen to. Our voice gives power to the source we choose to listen to and repeat. Which source is going to be the one you use in your report. Because both narratives have an agenda. And it is up to us to follow the agenda that leads to life and to truth. Are you with me this morning? Somebody bump your neighbor and say, are you awake this morning? Are you with me this morning? All right. My challenge to you this morning is that you get rid of bad sources. Get rid of them. Don't listen to them. That the report of your life originates from God's narrative about you and not the enemy's narrative about you. So let's look at our scripture. Numbers 13, chapter 1. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So what's happened there in our text is the, le- is the Israelites have come to the edge of the land of Canaan. God tells them to go in and spy out the land. And so Moses chooses 12 men and he sends them to check out the land. He chooses one man from every tribe and he makes them the ambassador for that tribe and he sends them into the land to check it out. Now mind you, think about this, that God has already said to the children of Israel long before this, long before he's sending these spies in, God has already told them that I've given you the land, that this land belongs to you, that I'm bringing you out of bondage, out of Egypt, and I'm bringing you into a land that 
that you will possess. I will go before you. I will fight for you. I will deliver you. I will protect you. I will keep you. I will be with you. God's already established that as the context for which they should enter this land. And so you have to keep that in the back of your mind. Now look at verse 25. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So they've had a good chance to walk throughout. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Indeed it is fruitful. I'm holding a cluster right here. I'm holding some things that right here that showcase what God has already declared over us. He said, I'm bringing you into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. That should have been the first boost of faith in their life when they saw that what God told them would be actually was. Isn't it great that we serve a God this morning? I come to preach today. Is that all right? Isn't it good that we serve a God this morning that doesn't just leave us hanging out there, but along the way when he gives us a promise, he drops some little breadcrumbs along the way and he says let me give you a little boost that says that what I'm bringing you into is real what I'm bringing you into is honest and true what I'm bringing you into is not a lie or fabrication but it is what I said it would be and I'm showing you right now that what I'm doing for you is proof I'm giving to you is proof of what I want to do for you in your life somebody say amen to that I'm preaching better than you're listening this morning somebody help me today And so they, they, verse 27, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. We recognize. Verse 27 is the reason that God sent them in there to showcase the report to the people that the land is worth the effort this morning. Whatever God has promised you in your life today, I promise you that it's worth the effort. Whatever God is trying to deliver to your life, whatever God is trying to get you to, whatever God has brought you to the altar before and showed you a picture of, it's worth fighting for this morning. It's worth working through. It's worth the effort today. And so don't give up. Don't quit. This is the agenda of God always is to bring us into something that was worth the effort of every sacrifice, every fight, every battle that we fought. It was worth it all. He had already told them he's given them the land. And he already told them he was with them. And here's where it starts to go south is in verse 28 of Numbers 13. It says, they told them, And said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless. It starts to take a dive right there. When we start with neverthelessing God. I said, when you start neverthelessing God. Or you start saying, but God. You are inserting fear where faith should reside. Somebody this morning. When we start questioning the promise of God, we start forfeiting the promises of God. Verse 28, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell on the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Listen, there's nothing wrong with assessing the cost. There's nothing wrong with taking a good evaluation of what it's going to cost us to accomplish 
the task. Jesus said, count the cost, right? He said, count the cost. He said, evaluate the process. Get your mind right before you step into the fray of the process. But listen, we can't stop there assessing everything that's going to be difficult along the way. There's something worth it on the other side. The effort is worth it on the other side. Whatever is before you is nothing compared to what God has prepared for you on the other side of it today. I'm going to have to go find some people that want to be preached to this morning. Here's where we go wrong. Is we have to nevertheless, the nevertheless. And we have to butt the butt. Ask your neighbor, are you neverlessing your neverthelesses? And are you butting your butts? (laughs) Because faith says this this morning. Listen, this is what faith says. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. That's true. They have fortified cities. Truth. There are enemies everywhere. Those are facts. Nevertheless, God says. They didn't nevertheless, they're nevertheless. They just stopped with the evaluation part. But they didn't put faith in the place of the facts. And because of that, they stopped short of what God wanted for their lives. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. That's a fact. They have fortified cities. That's a fact. There are enemies everywhere. That's a fact. But this is the end of the statement as it should be. Nevertheless, my God says the land is ours. And if he is for us, who can be against us? That puts faith on the backside of the facts this morning. Do I got a raspy voice? Everyone knows that two negatives make a positive, right? God always ends on a positive. God is a God who always ends on a positive. And so the first step in identifying bad sources in your life is you have to substantiate the truth. The facts say the land is full of enemies and those enemies are big and powerful. But the truth is this morning that God is bigger and God is better than them. And He is fighting on our side. Truth is more powerful than facts. I said truth is more powerful than facts. They are not the same thing. They are not the same thing. Truth is full of faith this morning. Truth. Oh my goodness. I stripped a call because I had to preach a wedding this, this weekend and do all kinds of other stuff. But I'll give it all I got if you'll give me all you got. Truth is more powerful than facts. The fact is, someone may be diagnosed in this place with cancer. But the truth is, God says, you are healed. The fact is, someone may feel abandoned and feel unloved. But the truth is, God says, I am with you and I am for you. You see, there's a difference. There are facts and there's truth. And truth trumps facts every single time. The children of Israel have their eyes off the promise. And they have their eyes on the problem. And because of that, they've substituted fear for faith. If you have your eyes on the problem rather than the promise, you will substitute fear for faith every single time. So let me just tell you this morning that if you focus on the downside of everything, 
you'll not experience the upside of anything. I said, if you focus on the downside of everything, you'll not experience the upside of anything. God always ends on a positive. No matter where you start today, no matter what you're facing, God always ends on a positive, and He will get you to the upside of any situation if you will stick with Him long enough. And if you will refuse to let go of His promise, He will get you to the upside. So the question is, are we going to spend our life figuring out why we can't or figuring out why we can? The truth is, God says we can. Will I stick with Him long enough to find out how that can happens? The second point I want to make today is that not only do we substantiate the truth, we must verify the credibility of the source. These men that give the report are selected as leaders of their respective tribe. However, the truth is just because you are popular doesn't mean you have character. Just because you have popularity doesn't mean you have character. Politicians prove that on a regular basis. Amen. Elected officials prove that on a regular basis. These men are chosen from their tribes. They have political capital. But it doesn't mean that they have character. It doesn't mean they have faith. It doesn't mean they have integrity. It just means they have some sway. And a person with sway will lead you astray if they don't have character. And so just because somebody's charismatic and has some connection and some presence doesn't mean they have character this morning. You have to verify the source. From whom does this information come from? What kind of person is talking right now? Remember the origin of the information is of one of two sources. It's either from God or it's from the enemy. Where is the information that you are believing about your life originating from? Because any source that speaks against what God speaks for is not a credible source. I said any voice that speaks against what God is speaking for is not a credible source. You may have people around you that speak negativity into your life. You need to understand today and recognize that today, regardless of how information is delivered, if it speaks against what God is speaking for, it is a bad source. God doesn't call you stupid. God doesn't call you worthless. God doesn't tell you you're not going to amount to anything. God doesn't tell you that you don't have anybody in your life that cares about you. God doesn't tell you those kinds of things. And so if people are speaking those things to you, then identify the source this morning. It's not coming from God. It's coming from the enemy who is bent on tearing down your identity and ripping apart who you are so that he can establish some false narratives in your mind. Too many people are buying in what the enemy is selling this morning. Don't get your information from a bad source. Let me make it practical to you. Don't ask financial advice from someone who is up to their ears in debt. Don't ask marriage advice from someone who is bitter from their last four divorces. Probably not a good place to go for marriage advice. Don't take parenting advice from someone who has never had kids. Isn't it amazing that people who have never had kids are experts on child rearing? (laughs) You just sit back. Parents that are seasoned parents just sit back and say, just wait. 
just wait. You've got to find a good source. Find a good source. I'm saying to you this morning, if you've got people speaking some negativity over your life, then get rid of those voices. If you've got some people that are speaking against what God is speaking for, you've got to get rid of those voices. Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb, thank God for Caleb. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. He said, hush. And said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Who is he repeating? What source is he using in his report? Thank God for some Caleb's who will refute a bad source and declare the truth. The world needs more Caleb's this morning. The church needs some more Caleb's this morning. It is the job of the church to speak up, not clam up. The church is too quiet today. As evidenced even in this message. The church is too quiet today. We need to speak up. It is the job of the church to refute a bad source and declare the truth. And I'm saying to you this morning, speak up, don't clam up, don't just go along to get along. Here's my question when I read this story is I think how many people in the congregation of Israel, probably 6 to 10 million, we don't know exactly, but we can estimate about 6 to 10 million people. How many of those 6 to 10 million people in the congregation of Israel sat quietly by, knowing the truth, and kept it to themselves? How many of them? There had to be at least a few. At least, surely, there was a thousand out of 10 million that had the truth in their minds and knew exactly what God had said. Maybe not even a thousand. At least there was a hundred. Maybe not a hundred. Maybe at least fifty. But all we have here in the text is only three people that actually had the guts and the nerve to say something in the midst of a bad report. I think that that pretty much is a great example of what we experience today. People who know the truth but would rather go along and just not cause any upset or disruption and just bite their tongue and just bear the consequences of bad decisions. How many of them chose to clam up rather than speak up? Too many people keep their mouth shut when they should say something. And I'll do that on the flip side. Too many people say something when they should keep their mouth shut. Isn't it true the people that need to speak never do and the people that should shut up never never do? <laughs> the fact is a lot of people would ex- rather... Here's the, here's the truth. A lot of people would rather experience the consequences of a bad decision than to create conflict that might ultimately lead to a good one. Conflict creates the necessary tension for advancement. Without tension, there is no advancement. You don't move a car without tension. You don't move a train down the track without tension. There is no advancement without some tension. In an organization, there is no advancement without some tension. There has to be tension. Conflict creates that and gives us the mobility that we need to push forward into the places that we've not yet gone. One of the things I appreciate about April is that she thinks for herself. 
She's not mindless, and she has an opinion about things. She doesn't just go along to get along. Do I want her to always agree with me? The answer is yes. Of course I do. I want her to always agree with me because I'm pretty sure when I start out that I'm right. And if you say you don't think that way, you're, you're lying to yourself. Of course you do. Everybody wants people to get along with them and go along with them and agree with them. I'm pretty sure that I'm right about most things when I start off. But after I've listened to somebody else for a while, I realize that I may not have seen everything exactly the way I should have seen it. I may not have heard all the truth that I needed to hear about that situation. And so it's good for somebody to speak up from time to time and give you a new perspective about life. She doesn't just agree with me to avoid conflict. Trust me, she she speaks her mind. So together, that's what partnership is. She speaks her mind so together we can make a good decision. That is what a collective body of believers does. Let me just say this to you this morning. Are you still with me? If we can't disagree with each other and still be friends, we weren't really friends in the first place. That if we can't disagree from time to time and work through it on the back side of that and still be friends, guess what? We weren't really friends to begin with. We didn't have much of a relationship to begin with. People are too quick to break relationships because they don't agree. Are you assuming that you should always agree with everybody in your life or only have people in your life whom agree with you? That's not the way this works. Just because I don't agree doesn't mean I don't support. It doesn't mean that I don't remain in unity. It doesn't mean that I still want the best outcome for the situation. We can disagree along the way, but we can still be one. We can still be in unity. We can still be advancing forward together. The only disagreement that should fracture a relationship is over morality. Not business, not vision, not decisions about anything else. If it's not a moral issue, it does not validate breaking the relationship. But the problem in our text here rises from the majority of the people being faithless and ignoring the clear command of God. God said go and they said no. Only three people trying to do what God says. Moses, Caleb, and Joshua. Majority does not always mean the right decision. But here's a tough reality. Is that majority will determine the decision. It doesn't mean it's the right one. But it will certainly determine the decision. Unless a leader like a Moses, Caleb, or Joshua can get buy-in from the people. And get them to follow. The majority will ultimately decide the direction. Even if it is the wrong direction. Caleb, Joshua, and Moses are limited by what the majority will do because they're tied to the congregation of Israel. And the destiny that God has before them requires the entire congregation. God didn't give a vision just to a single person. He gave the vision to the entire body. And he says you either get buy-in from everybody and you move as a unit in unity because I only operate within the lines of unity or we do this the hard way. It's too big for just a few. And so can I just say to you this morning that we've got to do everything that we can to remain in unity with one another. 
It is critical. It is vital. You may not always agree with what goes on. I don't agree with what goes on all the time. But it is my job and your job to work together to make sure that we are advancing together. We all have the ultimate same goal, and that is to get as many people to heaven as possible. We're either going to believe God along the way or we're going to believe the enemy. So we better verify the source before we put our trust in a bad report. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land which, through which we have gone as spies in the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, come from the giants. Who, Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Whatever source you believe is going to define your perception. Whatever you believe shapes the way you think. And it shapes the way you see your world. It shapes the way you see yourself. Verse, verse 1. So all the congregation... Because of a bad report, lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. What a bunch of whiners. Or if we had only died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to the land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Fake news. This is the narrative of the enemy. The congregation got a hold of a bad source and they believed a bad report and now they're living with bad information. Their lives are subjugated by a false narrative. Don't let your life this morning be controlled by a false narrative. The last point today, you have to recognize the underlying agenda behind those sources. What agenda is being carried out by the source. The agenda of the enemy is to keep them from God's promise. God's agenda is to get them to the promise. God does you no harm and the enemy does you no good. And that is the litmus test for every source that you face in your life. Is this doing me good or is this doing me harm? Because the fact is God does me no harm and the enemy does me no good. It's real easy to figure out which voice is speaking into your life. The enemy is good about wrapping his limits up in a package of safe. Oh, don't let your children get caught up in that. It's going to cost you your lives. Now think about this. These people are just saying we would have been better off to be dead in Egypt rather than to go in and try to get something and take a chance on dying in the process. How ridiculous is that kind of thinking? But he will sell you a package of lies wrapped up in safety. Don't take a risk. Don't step out. Don't, don't put yourself out there. Don't take a chance. It's too risky. We have to ask ourselves, what is the underlying agenda? And if the agenda is to keep us from something God has promised us, then it's coming from a bad source. Don't let your life be dominated by false narratives. What does God say? Because that is the truth. Verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh who were among those who had spied out the land tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. 
this is the truth. This is the agenda of God. And this just in this morning. This is breaking news for you today. Here's the real report. If God says you can, you can. If God says you are, you are. If God says he will, he will. If God says he has, he has. And that's how we have to live our lives. Stand with me across this place. Lauren, would you come? All other sources that speak contrary to what God has already spoken about is a bad source. They have an agenda, and that agenda is to keep you from what God has promised to get you to. The enemy loves to report fake news to you. He loves to spin a false narrative. If he can work people up and get their fear engaged, then he can use their voice to declare some false falsities that goes against what God has already promised. He has an agenda of limitation and bondage. And destruction, and he will send you bad sources along the way over and over and over again. And he will do his very best to get you to begin to repeat, to report on those sources. But God has counteracted every single bad source the enemy will send your way with this right here called the Word of God. This right here is full of truth, it is the standard through which we verify all sources. It is the ultimate objective evaluation of everything that is spoken into your life. For us, the promised land that God has given us represents our maximized potential and the fullness of a relationship with God. Don't let the enemy keep you from that today. Don't let him dissuade you from pursuing the promise that God has given you in your life. Don't believe the rhetoric. You have to substantiate the truth, verify the credibility of the source, and recognize the underlying agenda. So let me ask you today, what false narratives are you believing? What have sources spoken to you that has dismantled or undercut God's plan and purpose your identity what God is trying to speak over you what God has spoken over you what God has declared for you what God has promised you where is the enemy subjecting you to lies and sources some of those may be family some of those may be friends some of those may just be your own inner voice in your mind But whatever it is that is speaking against what God is speaking for is a bad source and it cannot be taken as truth in your life. It cannot be accepted as the report you're going to live by. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm struggling, believing some things. There's some things that have happened to me that are still trying to define my direction, still trying to define where I'm headed If that's you this morning, then I want you to come. I'm going to ask you to come, and I want to pray with you, and I want to ask God to begin to redefine where the enemy has injected fear into your life. Let God put some faith in its place. Let God begin to rewrite the story and give you the source for the right report over you. Would you come? If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need to replace some fear with some faith i got some things working in my life and I'm just, I'm struggling not to let fear 
drive me in this moment. I don't know where I'm going to get my next pay from. I don't know uh, how the report of the doctor is going to come out. I don't know what's going to happen in our future. I don't know about my children. I don't know about my marriage. I don't know about this or that. Whatever it may be, where there's fear, let's take it out and let's put faith in its place this morning. Let God do that for you. That's what this is all about today. And so I'm going to ask you to come, those of you that, that want to be prayed for and those that are still at your seat, come and find somebody to pray for in these altars. Let's gather around our friends and family, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and let's lift them up this morning. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, your anointing, the Bible tells us that it is the anointing that destroys the yoke from off our necks. This morning we declare an anointing over each and every person in this altar area. Father, every person that has come out of their seat that says, I'm sick of hearing these voices in my head that says I'm not enough, that I'm not sufficient, that I can't do it, that I shouldn't be this, or I can't be that. Father, we declare those things dead in Jesus' name. We tune in to your voice this morning that says I am, that I'm enough, that I'm sufficient, that you died so that I could be all that you said I could be. The Bible tells us that, Lord, if we bring those strongholds down and bring them into subjection under the Holy Spirit, Father, that we demolish the strength that they have in our lives. Father, I pray that strongholds are demolished right now. That, Father, every place that we've allowed fear to take root where faith should reside, we uproot that in the name of Jesus and we begin to plant deep seeds of faith. Seeds of faith this morning. Church, stretch your hands this way towards the people. God's doing a work this morning in the altars. Seeds of faith are being planted in face of those facts that declare an alternative to the truth of what God says. We declare they spring forth in Jesus' name. We ask that they begin to produce fruit in Jesus' name. We pray that they begin to drown out and smother out any other roots of fear in our lives. That there is no place for that in Jesus' name this morning. Father, give strength. Lord, rise in us with the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Go ahead and continue to pray as long as you would like with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your life is incomplete without Him. You need Him in your life. Without Jesus, life is not worth living. No matter the fact, the Bible tells us that He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. There is no life without Him this morning. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know where I stand with God. I've never asked Christ into my life, or I have asked Him into my life in the past, but I have stepped away from Him. I've let other things get between me and my relationship with God. And today you want to make a new declaration and a new dedication to Him. If that's you, slip your hand up in the air real quickly and put it right back down. Would there be one in the place that says, that's me this morning. I want to give my life to God. I want to dedicate myself back to Him. I want to be fully committed to Him. Yes, amen. Then I'll just say to you this morning, if that's you, just simply pray this prayer and ask God to come into your life. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive them and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us that if we call upon the name of the Lord, that we shall be saved. And so, Father, we declare that you are God in our lives today, that you are Lord, that, Father, we surrender 
the seat of power of decisions to you. And we allow you to direct our steps today knowing that you and your omniscience and your all-knowing ways, God, can predict and declare and navigate us to the best possible life that you promised us. So, Father, we, we surrender to your sovereignty this morning. We surrender to your greatness, God, today. And we allow you to begin to steer our lives and direct our lives. If you prayed that prayer this morning and asked Jesus to come into your heart, then he is with you and he is for you and he will help you turn your ear to him and begin to listen to him and let God lead you from this point forward. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.